What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the best advice ever podcast. Yeah, with your boy, comedian Mike Goodwin, the Bowtie Comedian. We're back, we're back, and we're back again. And thank you so much for tuning in. As I do all the time, I start every episode with the On the Road Again segment. And I was just on the road again. And it was very great. So I'm at this stage, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but I'm at the stage where it's time for me to start touring as a headliner and selling tickets. Coming to cities in which you reside or cities close to you in which you can hop in the car, hop on a plane, hop on a bus. Shout out to Megabus. And, and, and check out a show. I'm actually in the process. I'm in the midst of planning a fall tour. This will be my first official headlining tour. At this present time, we're looking at about 10 to 14 cities. And I'm thinking it will start at the end of August. We'll go into November with the tentative plan to drop the dates on Father's Day. I think I'm going to do a Father's Day launch. You'll know the cities and the locations, and you can plan accordingly. Well, this past weekend on the road, I did a trial run for ticket sales. I, I went to two venues that were selling tickets, and we were testing the market to see how it looks. And in, 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 in moments throughout my career, there's been events that sold tickets. It wasn't me. The folks that have brought me in have sold tickets, but I haven't set up an event or set up a situation in, in many cases I've worked, you know, I've done a club and they've done tickets, but there was no promotion on my end other than saying, look, I'll be in Birmingham, Alabama on this particular night. I've, I've headlined before at the Star Dome Theater. There's a theater in Cary, North Carolina, in which I headlined, but basically they pay you a flat fee. And then they sell the tickets and they get the bulk of the monies because the fee that they pay you and the cost of the hotel, they are getting over. Now, I, I hate I said this particular theater, but there have been places that have sold tickets, but it, I wasn't initiating the ticket sale. So I haven't shouldered the bulk of the responsibility of saying I'm good for X amount of tickets so you don't have to 
what they call paper the room. So paper in the room is, let's say at a club, the club seats 300 people. On average, they want you to have 150 tickets sold before the event. And if that doesn't happen, they will paper the room, basically contacting the people that are on their mailing list that are in their email, phone tree, and say, tonight you come to the show, get two tickets for the price of one. Or they'll sell the ticket at a tremendously low price to get folks to come out and, and fill the room because they're still going to make money on the two drink minimum or the two item minimum. How, how basically in, in many regards, one of the ways in which clubs make their money and, and pay for their utilities and the staff and the folks that are working for the club. And for me to prepare for that, we have to go and do some trial runs. This past Friday night, I was in Zeblin, Georgia, a restaurant called Fishtails. And the restaurant, they closed the restaurant to have a special event, Mike Goodwin. And they had dinner and a show. So that was Friday night, Zeblin. Had a good turnout. Had a great night. My wife was with me this weekend, so that was very very, very good to have my 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 road dog because really a lot of the success that I have achieved, she's very instrumental in that. And she's very instrumental in this segment of generating momentum around the tour, ideas around the tour, allowing me to be creative and, and assisting and putting the framework around pulling off a successful tour. She, she's integral to what was happening. So that happened Friday night. Now the, the unfortunate part of Friday night when you travel and typically I'll travel on a flight. So this time, we drove because we drove. I was going to be Friday night in Zeblin, Georgia, which is it's out there. It's it's out there. It's in, it's 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 in the sticks, man. It's out there quite a ways. And then on Saturday, I was in Springfield, Georgia, and the conversation a lot of folks were having was like, "Hey, man, are you doing the small cities in Georgia tour?" <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, that's how it's kind of worked out." But at Fishtails, I typically w would fly, and when I fly, I'm going to dress a particular way to to travel. Well, since I was driving, I dressed a little more comfortable for the drive. Hence, I forgot my belt. Got the Zeblin, was pulling stuff out in my car. So we ended up going straight to the venue because the the hotel was in Griffin, Georgia, which is about 20 miles from Zeblin. So I have no belt. I'm beltless. I'm without a belt. No belt. And I'm letting my wife know uh, I left my belt. 
Now, there was enough time for us to go and purchase a belt. We didn't need to do that because the owner of the restaurant was coming in and he had a few belts that he owned and he was bringing one of the belts with him. But I don't know if I said this and I may have said it. And I don't know if this is your experience with your wife, but my wife, she loves asking questions. She just, it's just something about a ask of a question, man. She just can't get enough. So I tell, I text her. I'm at the car. Dag nabbit, you know, I don't forgot what I said in particular, but I, I forgot my belt because I had on some gray sweatpants. Didn't have on loops. So typically I would have my belt on and then I would just transfer the belt that I'm wearing onto the belt for the show. Well, wasn't wearing a belt, left the belt. Text my wife. She says, would you like for me to ask if there is somewhere where you can? Yes, ma'am. You don't. That, that's not, don't even ask that question. Is there somewhere for us to go? To per- yes, of course. But she loved asking questions. She asked that question. I said, of course. What I would have preferred her say, let me speak with Brandy. That's the, the wife. To see what options are available for us to get you a belt. Do you want me to ask? Love asking questions. Fortunately, like I said, we didn't have to go anywhere to own a broader belt. And it was a perfect belt, an outstanding belt. It was a belt that he said he didn't wear. So not only did we have a great show, not only did I get paid and compensated, I left with a pretty fly belt. Shout out to Mike Grant and the Fishtails Restaurant. Great, great event. Went to Griffin that night. And when we got to the hotel, the lady looked, I could tell her face was very sad. Because I'm an adult. My wife's an adult. But at the, at the hotel, they had a lot of guests that were not adults. They were hosting some AAU basketball teams. And so she said, I'm going to put you on the fourth floor. And I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I've been in hotels with children running amok. It comes with the territory. I, I'm all good. If it, if it becomes too much, I have no problem knocking on your door. I, I, I'm not. There's no shame in your boy's game. If y'all are carrying on and acting with what my grandmother would say, a fool, I'm going to come see about you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hey, man, where you coach? What room is your coach in? Or I'll call to the front desk. Hey. I believe they are having WrestleMania in the room next door to me. I think you may want to check on that. I'm in 407. You might want to check on 409. I'm a snitch in these hotels. And I've not gotten a stitch yet. So I wasn't concerned. The woman looked very concerned. And I said, man, we good. And by the time we had gotten there, it was already close to 11. We we was just going to go. To sleep. And I'll sleep through a hurricane if you let me. Now, from Griffin, Georgia to Springfield, where we were at the next day, was a three-hour drive. Wife and I had a little time to sleep in, got up, and was moving. Probably left around 1240. Great timing because the 
University of South Carolina baseball team was playing and the basketball team was playing. So we were able to listen to both the games, kind of switching in between. And didn't it didn't start well. I think where the basketball game started pretty well. We got we jumped out there 7-0 and then it it went downhill. So you flipped over to the baseball game and we had just got whooped the night before by our rivals. So this was game two and they kind of they pop around. They had game one at the rivals ballpark. And then number two was at floor ballpark in Greenville. And then game three was on Sunday back in, in Founders Arena. I think that's the day. Founders Park. That's our ballpark. So we, we got a nice little whooping on Friday. Saturday was looking like we were uh, about to get another whooping. It was, it was looking pretty bleak. And listening to the basketball presentation, they said that, hey, some runs batted in. Because I think at one point we were down 7-3. to three. And I believe we ended up winning that game 11-7. to seven. I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't, I know we won. Then the basketball team won. Then the ladies played later that afternoon and listened to that before the show and won. So it was a great Saturday, great Saturday. And I hadn't even had the show yet. I hadn't gotten on stage. And so I got on stage in Springfield and I do my research. I go out there on the interwebs and see what's happening in the area, well, in Springfield, there was big controversy because they were getting their first liquor store in the city. First ever. This has been a dry city, and they were getting a liquor store, and it was causing a lot of hubbub. It was not well received. There was votes in county council, and there were... There were news reports, which that's why I started off with my commentary for the night. I walked right out there and said, hey, what's going on with this uh, liquor store y'all have? <laughs> Tell me about this liquor store that y'all are building. I didn't get to talk to them about the name. I was like, y'all, y'all called it Springfield Spirits, which, which we didn't get to the name. That's what I would have. I would have offered up a name. Springfield Spirits. I think that's a perfect name for the first liquor store. But it was a great night. I had my friend, Allison Moore. She she was able to travel and open for me. This was my first ticketed event at a theater. And it was great. And it, it, it also encouraged me that we were in these locations that primarily kind of off the beaten path. And we sold tickets. Tickets were sold. People were in the seats. Actually, there was a woman on Friday night that had drove over from Atlanta to see me in Zeblin. That that possibly would have been about two hour drive. And then on Saturday, there was a woman that flew in from Detroit, Michigan to see me in Springfield. She has no family in Georgia. She flew down with the sole intent to see a Mike Goodwin comedy show. I said, what, what you talking about? And it was a great night. Did a, a great, I think I did an hour of comedy and, and, and did my thing. And folks had a great time. And we we took pictures and shook hands. And it was all good. So I'm excited for this fall tour that will take place. It's been a long time coming. 
And on the way home, I was able to enjoy the new comedy special by my one of my top comedic uh, icons and idols is Chris Rock. Now, my analysis on it may need to come at a different time because it I've done a lot of talking. I've talked to my sister. I've talked to a few friends about it. So I'm 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 interested to hear what folks are saying. And I just got a text when I started the podcast that people people feel the way people feel. I enjoyed it. Um, two thumbs up. Shout out to the guy. And in saying that. I had such a great time on the road that it made me think about the advice that I want to share for the best advice ever. And that's a, this, is, this is advice I heard listening to another podcast, and it was, it was very insightful. And the advice that I will share with you today is simply plan B is to make plan A work. Plan B is to make plan A work. I worked at a private school for eight years. I was the college counselor and I was working directly with students and families and helping, helping them navigate the college admissions process. And we talked about colleges and which colleges were these students interested in and and when you when you formulate when you formalize a list there are typically three levels the dream school the most likely school and then the backups but I, I didn't like saying backups I didn't like that and then even when I would have conversations with students and they would say things like you know I really want to major in music and pursue my love of music theater or sing in a band or, or something that was a little bit more artistic, something that really didn't have a lot of stability in terms of job prospects. Initially, parents would always be concerned and be like, hey, what's your backup plan? What's your backup plan? I used to kind of cringe when I would hear parents say that. Because my thought was always, there is no backup plan. Let's put all our research in plan A. Forget plan B. Plan B is to ensure that plan A works. Plan B is to make plan A work. And as I think about it more and more, I really have come to the place that we have to evaluate our mindset. And there's really two mindsets that you can have. You can have an abundance mindset or you can have a lack mindset. And I think oftentimes when folks start talking about backup plans, and plan Bs, they're really speaking from a place of fear. They're basically saying, what if I'm not good enough? What if I can't cut it? What if I don't have what it takes? What if I get disappointed? I need a backup plan. I need to fall back onto something. And I'm of the mind that you don't. Birds, when they get kicked out of that nest, they can't fall 
back. They have to fly. They have to spread those wings and engage in an activity that they have never done before. And that may be a little easier for me because I've flown. I, I, I flew when I graduated from high school. I felt like I got kicked out the nest and joined Uncle Sam's Army. And when I joined Uncle Sam's Army, there was no backup plan. I remember being in basic training, and I would hear soldiers, other soldiers or my peers say things like, they were homesick. They were going to go AWOL. We'll go back home. We'll go back home with an option in my check on my in my in my uh, check down. Like you know how it was grayed out when you on your computer and you try to click. There was no there was no go back home option for your boy. Folk, they said they was homesick. I was sick of being home. <laughs> there was nothing for me to go back to. But disappointment, frustration, aggravation. So I had no option. There was no option of, yeah, this I'm not military material. I basically was like, I don't know what type of material I am, but I'm going to make it fit in the military. And I did. And then from there, I went to college. And there was no backup plan. I was like, ah, this is too hard. I'm not cut out for this. No, I had an abundance mindset. I was like, we graduating, bro. And we going to graduate school. Are we going to law school? We're going to advance to the next step. And, and, and not to say that folks don't have to pivot and readjust because, because they do. I'm of the thought that go in guns blazing. Don't go in tiptoeing, whispering, hey, I'm here. Let me in. No, I'm like, kick the door down. Pull up a chair. Get a seat at the table. Plan B is to make plan A work. That's my advice for you. That's the best advice Ever. Bumper plan B. B should stand for bump. Plan A is where it's at, baby. Send all your resources. Put all your eggs in this basket. And build the basket up. And then start creating streams. Opportunities from this base. You've grown this base so strong, now you can transition into something different. But I think often, I have a family member, I think about them often. And when I first started comedy years ago, this is the family member, every time you talk to me, it, it's a lot of verbiage. At this time, my man was telling me he was a comedian. He was playing uh, football. He was a rapper. He was a poet. And I encouraged him that, man, you might want to just focus in on one thing. One of my business mentors, he says, a lot of folks fail because of fractured focus. You're not focused. And I remember talking to this family member, and he had all these, doing this, doing these different streams. People love to talk about multiple streams of income. But I heard someone recently say they basically are 
more like multiple streams of struggle. <laughs> Folks say they got multiple streams of income, and you re- what you really have is multiple streams of struggle because you mastered nothing. And you dabble over here, and you dabble over there. You do a little here, you do a little there, but there's no momentum. There's no substance. There's no concentration. And pretty soon, you flame out. That's the thing I can stand on my two feet and say without a shadow of a doubt, I never stop doing comedy. Am I the funniest? Am I the most talented? Am I the most harrowed? No. But what I did not do was stop. I did not seek out a plan B and say, you know what? It's not really going the way that I anticipated. Well, my attitude was it's not going the way I anticipated. I need to do something to make it go the way I anticipated. It's on me. And so I would like to encourage you, make it do what you want it to do. Don't have life force you down its path. You execute. You execute. You must execute. You can't talk it. You got to do it. Action. 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 Thank y'all so much. Man, it's been a great episode. I do want to share with you a new segment that I'm I'm, I'm considering. I'm I'm adding. I'm always adding new segments. I still have to go over this. I still have to go to this church of primetime because that article in the GQ kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I have to, I still have to table that, but I'm, I'm going to present this new segment called Interesting Phrases. I was reading and I saw this phrase and it said that this particular person doesn't suffer fools gladly. And I was like, what it, does that really mean? So I did my research. And it basically comes from the scripture of the Bible, 2 Corinthians 11 and 19, where it says, For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. So it's a little bit of sarcasm that Paul talks about. Hey, you let aggravating people be around you, and you don't get upset, and you are wise for that. I think that's what that basically is meaning. But when somebody says that you don't suffer fools Gladly, it means that you don't have patience for dumb people, stupid people, aggravating people. You don't tolerate foolishness. You let you 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 tell people, "Hey, man, cut that foolishness out." That's how I felt about the Chris Rock special. He did not suffer fools gladly, <laughs> and people feel away. They feel away. And we live in the area era where people will feel away, you know. And I and I say this often: the challenge for me in this new age of social media is that we hear everyone's opinion, whether we want to or not. And in many instances before social media, it was my choice whether or not I wanted to hear your opinion. There were people who opinions I had no interest in hearing. Had zero interest. But now your 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 opinion may show up on my timeline unbeknownst to me. 
And now I may be engaged in a conversation or at least an exchange or at least reading something that had I known you as a personally and engaged with you as an individual, I would have been like, man, this, this clown, this dude, this is who got a comment about LeBron James, the fella that can't dribble with his right hand is, is talking about LeBron James athletic ability, but. This is where we are, people. This is where we are. So, again, the new phrase, and help me find a better word. The interesting phrase segment didn't sound really exciting. I, I thought about a turn of phrase, but I, I, that, that didn't really speak to the heart of what I'm doing. But there's a lot of interesting phrases that I will take a look at. But in this episode, we looked at he doesn't suffer fools gladly. Means basically, I have no time for silly, childish, ignorant people. And that's how I feel about comedy. People want to talk to me about comedy, and they're not comedians. Not, not do you have to be a comedian to have an opinion. But your opinion needs to probably bring it. You need to bring it down a little bit, bring it. Like you speaking the gospel. Well, thank y'all again for tuning in. To the best advice ever podcast. If you want to send me the question, send me a question in at info at comedian Mike Goodwin.com. Share, like, subscribe to the podcast. Talk about it to your friends. Place it on social media. Follow me on social media. I'm a comedian Mike Goodwin on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm at Bowtie Comedy. I Enjoy bringing this content to you every week, and hopefully I'll see you next Wednesday. Same bat place, same bat channel. It's been your boy, Mike Goodwin. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll holler at you next week. Peace.